Hello and welcome to Diverse Web 3 Builders. I am Brian Zwerner, the president of We Studio, and today we have my friend Monty Applewhite on from Go Say Hello. Hey Monty, how you doing, man? How you doing, Brian? Doing great. Excited to have you here and another Atlanta Diverse Web 3 founder on our show today. So Monty, we always start off with your background. Tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are. Awesome. So, I mean, I'm from a small town, Goldsboro, North Carolina. Um, my, my father, he went to North Carolina A&T. So uh, when I graduated, I also went to North Carolina A&T. I went to school for engineering, um, mechanical. I uh, wanted to design cars. Uh, that, that's kind of what I wanted to do. And uh, the, the Did you grow up working on cars? Is that something you and your dad did? My father was a car salesman. So he was okay. a car salesman in, in this small town. And so uh, I used to spend many days there, um, and you know, looking at the PT cruisers, Vipers. They had all those interesting-looking cars back then. Very he, cool. He always drove those uh, types of cars, you know, as well. Intrepids, you know, that's, you know, a lot of folks probably won't remember a lot of those cars. Uh, but um, so yeah, sitting there drawing uh, those vehicles. And when I went to college, actually, it was during the time of the uh, automobile crisis and so uh, gm they they went to the career fair but they were just there as just to say hey apply online but you know we're we're, we're letting go of a lot of engineers actually it was around like that 08 08 period right when, when all the automakers went through bankruptcy problems there you go so for me you know when i got out of school um you know just took the first job that you know that i got so i got i started working as a corporate um safety engine well it was a process safety engineer it was like an entry-level engineering program for georgia pacific okay and so i ended up working my way did uh, that bring you here to atlanta was that your move to atlanta that actually i uh, was back at home in goldsboro hmm. and it was a small facility there and uh i started working closely with the environmental health and safety manager like putting in various engineering controls at the facility and so that is what got me into uh, occupational safety and designing things that would uh, help alleviate various risks that were at the facility. And so I was working, you know, a lot with the maintenance departments and I would, you know, design various machine guards and things of that nature. And that got me to be promoted to a, a corporate safety associate. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was a corporate safety associate for about a year and uh, uh, after being promoted from an entry-level engineer, and then I became a uh, environmental health and safety manager myself at, uh, at Georgia Pacific. And I uh, had that role for a few years. And uh, eventually uh, I ended up, Georgia Pacific moved me to Atlanta okay. and uh, to the headquarters downtown Atlanta. And uh, also it moved me to various different states in that role as well. And so uh, I was in Dallas at the time at a facility there. And uh, I eventually wanted to come back to Atlanta. And so I found myself uh, applying for uh, additional roles uh, in Atlanta, even though I was in um, uh, Dallas working at Georgia Pacific at the time because they had moved me there. And I ended up finding myself at Southern Company. So I was at Southern Company. I was a corporate engineer there. Um, and uh, they have something called process safety management. And I was leading that, those efforts. And I was doing that for about three years. And uh, I wanted to see things from a global perspective. Um, you know, instead of 
looking at things from more of a corporate perspective, which, you know, which, which I was blessed to look at things from that perspective. I want to see what else was, what else was going on here in the world. Right. So I got a consulting, a senior consulting job at Ernst & Young. And so at EY, I was there for almost two years, but I had a chance to really see the, the large spectrum of what was happening, uh, what good looked like, uh, what, what bad looked like. And, um, you know, I worked on an attorney-client privilege for a lot of uh, major companies, seeing a lot of things. But blockchain was something that was introduced to me when I was at EY. Hmm. Um, we had some meetings where, you know, some of our clients were looking for ways to utilize blockchain as it relates to ESG, sustainability. Um, you know, so they were coming to you. This wasn't EY pushing it out. This was clients coming to Ernst & Young. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So we would have meetings about that. And I, I got into reading white papers around that time because I wanted to understand more about the blockchain technology. And so um, after understanding more about the blockchain technology, um, you know, I started investing in, in blockchain. And so you that's bought your first crypto when? When did you buy your first uh, when did you buy your first token? That was during the pandemic. So it was around okay. 2020. Um, and so obviously, like everybody else, I started out with, with Bitcoin. Uh, it was maybe around $17,000 at the time. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, it, everything went haywire. See, you see, <laughs> you saw crypto going from, you know, a couple of cents to $3, you know. Um, that was a very interesting time. So I started, I started with Coinbase. Um, I would look at various different cryptos, look at, read their white papers, read different projects and seeing what they what they were all focused on. And so that was just what I was doing from an investment standpoint. But um, also during COVID, I was, um, you know, going going out every now and then, I would have my mask on and I would be at different lounges because Atlanta never really shut down like a lot of other cities. Sure. I'm from here, I know it, but uh, yeah, people <laughs> watching and from other parts of the country, we were closed for maybe two or three months and then right. everyone was back out and about here in the summer of 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and so you saw folks going out, but it was such an awkward time. Everybody had masks on. So that's when the idea of go say hello came about because number one, I didn't know how long we were going to be under these circumstances. And it was just really challenging to meet new people during that time. And it was like, well, if we have to social distance anyway and be six feet apart, how can I go say hello to somebody still social distancing, but still understanding who's in the room and, and who has similar interests to me? So that's how the idea started. Very cool. All right. Before we get deep into how Go Say Hello works, because we're going to do that in a second. Right. You know, you had spent the early part of your career at, at huge companies, you know, Georgia Pacific, Southern companies, Ernst & Young. Did Was there something in your background and the way you grew up or different things that you did uh, that kind of gave you that entrepreneurial itch or gave you that confidence that you could, you know, move from such a big company yeah. to doing your own thing? What, what, what was that that was driving it? That's a good question. So actually, um, my grandfather, he has his own business. This is my um, mother's uh, dad. Um, he has his own business called Moore's Dental Lab. And everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of my family has worked for my grandfather at some point in time. Um, and if, during the summers, a lot of my cousins, we would go and work at, at the dental lab. Um, and so my mother works there, my uncles work there. And so 
he's always worked for himself. He's always been an entrepreneur. My father also, in addition to being a top car salesman, how he became such a good salesman is was he he also had his own business on the side. He was a screen printer. So he was very well known for doing screen printing for all the schools, you know, the jerseys and basketball uh, band uniforms and things of that nature. So I've always seen my the men in my family work more than 12 hours a day, right? We so <laughs> always had some type of side project. So for me, you know, my dad obviously he wanted me to work with him um, at some point, but I wanted to go to college. Uh, obviously, he wanted me to go to college as well, but I wanted to also work in my field uh, after college to see, you know, if you know how much I would like it. But I always had an itch to your point for developing something or you know being an entrepreneur um, and designing something that I to solve some problem that I that I saw. Well, it's great that you saw it modeled and you know what it takes to to run a business from the ground up from your family experiences because entrepreneurship is hard, man. And there's uh <laughs> their challenges come fast and they come they come often and, and it is what it is. But so you had this idea, you're out going to events in Atlanta, everybody's masked up, but you're you're still seeing people. It's hard to make connections. You get this idea for an app. How do you get from this, I have an idea to, I'm gonna quit my job and do this thing full time? Yeah, so when I was in college, one of the things I did part time, I was a research undergraduate and I would constantly, you know, like reading white papers was my thing. But also I used to work in a lab at UNC Chapel Hill under Dr. D. Simone. He has a lot of patents for DuPont and he was kind of like a mentor for me. And one of the things he always said before you start getting heavy into research is to see what they are what's already in the market <laughs> sure so, customer so, discovery yeah. critical man right. lay out the market understand the competition <laughs> right you don't want to just start developing something and they already have something like that and, right uh, so for me i didn't go dive into it it was more like almost like a joke in my head like man we need an app to go sell somebody and i would you know look at different apps and i'm like all of these apps didn't allow you to uh, connect with anybody uh, that were in close proximity. Some of the apps that did allow you to connect with people that were within a certain mile, it was more for dating purposes and not right. just networking. So I did see a gap in the market um, with that. Now, there was one uh, app that one of my friends had told me about. Could I, sh I would share this idea with some of my friends. Yeah. And she was like, well, I got on Bumble one time they have a BFF part, but she was like, it got me in trouble because uh, even though I was looking for best friends in order to get on that part of Bumble, I had to also be a part of their dating side. Right. You know, it, it kind of forced me to, to do both. And so she was dating somebody at the time and someone had saw her on there and, and got her in trouble. So I was like, yeah, I said, that's, it's kind of hard to do both. You kind of got to either you're dating or you're networking. You it's kind of right. hard to be in the middle. Um, yeah, I get why Bumble thought they had a role in there, but it doesn't. Ex you know, I get the concept of matching people by interest, but right. man, it's crossing some lines, right? The people yeah. you want to network with and the people you might want to date, you know, right. it's not the same vibe. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, you got to give people freedom. Like, you can't just show them a picture of someone, make them swipe left or right. It's like, give them a whole spectrum. Of, of what's out there and a lot of these apps they just they kind of it's like an algorithm there forcing yeah. you to look at this particular and so 
I wanted to develop something that gave a lot of freedom. We didn't basically tell you, you know, show this person right in front. You just happen to be nearby them. Uh, and more like a yellow pages approach to what's around you and who's around you and what events are around you. So, so you got this, you got the customer discovery, you understood what was out there. How did you get started? Now you, you did mechanical right. engineering. You're not the coding right. guy. You had to find right. somebody to build this thing, right? So for me, I always learn you start with what you got. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, back in the day I used to do uh, music. And so we had this free app that we got that I had downloaded that I just started with that and I didn't go buy something that was a couple hundred dollars. So I started with PowerPoint. Um, I yeah. knew how to, in Visio, I knew how to do like process flows. And um, so I, I did the, like a, um, the wireframes and, right. in, in Visio. And then I went into PowerPoint and created um, the different screens um, in, a, in a clickable link format. You can save a PowerPoint as a PDF and you mm -hmm. can add attachments to buttons and, and clicks throughout of it. So I did that first. Love and the hustle, man. You know, you don't need to hire a designer. You don't need to go figure out how to use all Figma. You could just smack it out with whatever you're comfortable with. PowerPoint was what I was comfortable with. Yeah. And uh, of course, I did research. Like, I, I put, you know, I talked to some folks about how much it would cost. And they were like $5,000. And I'm like, mm, I don't even know if this idea is that good to pay $5,000. <laughs> Let me just work with what I have. So Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And so then, th then you get from there to deciding you want to move forward with this and make it your full-time job. How, what was that decision like? And what, yeah. what so, gave you the confidence to, to, to give up on the corporate careers and go to this full-time? Right. So I was uh, actually, uh, I was at EY. It was... It was around April when we officially started the company. And so when April you're, of which year, sorry? April of 2021. Got it. And so uh, when you're working as a consultant, there's a lot of heavy, there's a lot of things that like investing in certain companies are kind of forbidden, right? Mm -hmm. or anything you're doing outside uh, can, can kind of be competition or a conflict. Of right, yeah. I worked in investment banking for 20 years, man. We had all kinds of restrictions too. Right. <laughs> and so some folks would leave EY, not because they didn't like it, but they wanted to maybe be a consultant where they weren't under the strict uh, reins of uh, not being able to do certain things. But for me, so I did tell my seniors what I was working on, um, including when I got the grant. But backing up before even that, uh, we when we started the company, uh, we didn't have a lot of funds, right? So it was just right. friends, family. This was just a side hustle at that point. <laughs> right, it's friends, family, we're developing, um, trying to find developers and, and things of that nature. And uh, I was still reading up and investing in blockchain. And so I started reading a lot about how these uh, layer ones were starting up development funds or, or funds for development rather. And um, they wanted to, have more use cases on their right platform. encouraging and, developers to build on their chain as opposed to somebody else's exactly and that's what it was and so i looked at one of the categories for uh, algorand at the time and they were looking for social media and perfect so, well <laughs> i think i'm trying to create a social media platform that makes you know social media more social again and so i wrote a um uh, you know, I had a pitch deck already, but I made it more specific to 
how we were going to integrate uh, their layer one and to be the fuel for our incentive mm-hmm. token that we call the go say hello or the hello token. And uh, they loved the idea. They got back to me in an email and said, they so you just like saw this thing out there, the grant, the call for action for developers and just threw an application in. You didn't know anybody over there or anything like that. I didn't know anybody. Oh, that's great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's important for other founders to hear that right. these programs exist. They're looking for you and they want you right. to show up and, and get involved. The, I think that's the power of web three where it doesn't really matter who you are and what you like. They, they want to see that you have a plan. They want to see your roadmap. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a very clear roadmap and they, they wanted us to get it completed within 18 months. Okay. And, and so, uh, you know, they gave us the f- funding with milestones mm-hmm. for a month, and uh, we ended up getting it done in 12 months. Um, awesome. And so where'd you find your developers? Who built this for you? Yeah, so I found my developers using various platforms like Upwork, Fiverr. Oh. We went through many developers. <laughs> we ended up having only, uh, we, we have five now. Got um, So it, it was some tryout periods. Uh, none of them knew each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You know, I did take recommendations from some of them that we had others, uh, you know, try for different parts. But there it was one main developer that he's been with us from the very beginning since the wireframe. Now, how close is the final product to those wireframes you pulled together in PowerPoint? It's not close at all. <laughs> okay, you fair know, enough. That's a really great question. Not close. I mean, it has the meat of it. Sure. When the functionality you, is close, but right. the look and feel and uh, is different. <laughs> when you start beta, beta testing and actually, you know, having the user give you feedback on the product, you realize that you have to make some some really big changes. So, yeah. so when was the first version released? When did when did people start getting in there and trying it out? So we was trying to uh, have a Halloween party. Which so year was this? Twenty twenty two. October twenty twenty two. Okay. So about a year ago. Yeah. And so we were trying to have a Halloween party where um, uh, this, well, yeah. And so we wanted folks to uh, go to the party, you know, wearing masks, not knowing how everybody looked, but also use the app uh, in the process. So, uh, yeah, that that was the really, that was the first beta testing. And how'd it go? What what'd you learn from that that it, it first was, live? I mean, you got real people in a real place, so you're gonna learn real quick. <laughs> right. I mean, we learned that we needed to add more features as far as like a feed that allowed people to when they posted pictures on the app for it to feed and for people to know, okay, people are here mm-hmm. and these are their latest uh posts and pictures. Before it was just you posted one picture for your profile and that was it. There wasn't a feed. Um, and it wasn't really like um, uh, a profile where you can post more than one picture. Right, so right. we wanted to, to expand from that. We also wanted folks to be able to chat with each other. For mm-hmm. example, they had a Halloween costume um, competition. Okay. So in the competition, they were trying to vote who had the best costume. And it was so loud, they couldn't really figure out, you know, who had the best costume. I'm like... It'd be so great if there was like a group chat, a little poll, (laughs) or somebody could just, you know, they can talk within the chat itself. And so that that came out of that event also. Now I know you had uh, you've shared uh, before with me when we were over at the Atlanta Blockchain Center. You shared with our group about 
one event that got a lot bigger than you th than you thought it would. Tell tell me a little bit about oh, how yeah, that came so, together and and uh, and what the what you learned and what was what was good and what was bad about that one. Right. Yeah. So that that event, um, uh, Elijah, he is the co he's the founder of Paint and Sit ATL. Mm -hmm. um, his events, you know, he he was doing well. He would basically um, stand by the belt line and get folks to just you know come paint, um, and they would all you know. He would stand there, folks would come paint, and then they would continue on about their day in the belt line. His goal was for people to be present. He just mm -hmm. wanted you to be present. I know you wasn't planning on painting today, but you just walked past me. Hey, come paint. He had free paint supplies. And so uh, it was great, but he had never- and For had people out here, the belt line is a kind of walking, jogging, biking trail, park type area and kind of the east side of downtown. Exactly, yeah. And so- you know, he wanted folks to be more present. And of course, go say hello. We're all about people being present as well in that moment. Like, who's there? Who can you meet? And but he wanted to have a festival, like one big event, not just, you know, standing, you know, in, in, the, in the park. He wanted to like, you know, let me get people together. And so he had his first uh, he wanted to have his first festival. We, were, we collaborated with him. Um, and in that festival, it scaled up from his normal, you know, 200 to 2,000 people had RSVP. Wow. <laughs> uh, through your app, through Go Say Hello. Through Go Say Hello, yes. And so it was just overwhelming uh, to see <laughs> folks RSVPing, talking in the group chat. They were so excited that they were in a chat with a bunch of people who were going to be there so they could also connect with each other prior to the event. Um, there were folks planning to come out of town from Alabama to South Carolina. And the word just kept spreading. And on the day of, there actually ended up being 2,500 people. Uh, wow. That's a little different than just grabbing people on the jogging trail. <laughs> very much, very much so. And so uh, we, we plan on collaborating again a second time, but they ended up being shut down by authorities. Uh, <laughs> one, of, one of the things- A little that, bit over the capacity for his space, huh? <laughs> the capacity. That, one of the things that we learned, number one, that event, there was only one bathroom in the park. <laughs> 25. for 2,500 people. <laughs> so that was not, um, not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. Um, also, uh, what we learned was that, um, we had, well, everything, it, it went pretty well. We, we just, when you have so many people in one area, um, the Wi-Fi and everything could get right. internet could get uh, messed up a little bit. So the, those things are kind of out of our hands. But um, for the most part, it, it still worked. You know, people were in the group chat saying, "Hey, I'm over here with sitting on the red tile by myself. <laughs> Anybody wants to come over here and paint with me?" So we did have people using the app to connect, and the whole point of the event was for people to, to network with each other, and so you kind of got the feeling that everybody was there. It was okay to just go over there and talk to them. Um, right. So that's kind of the, the feeling that we're trying to, to, to give uh, back to the world um, as opposed to, you know, you know, going over and you're like, man, you know, I don't know that person, but you know, you know. yeah, it's hard if you're in a space like that with a lot of people to figure out how to break the ice. And if the app can help to, 
make that easier, give people the confidence to do that, then it's accomplishing its purpose for darn sure. So, yeah. so what are the big uh, milestones coming up? What are the big things that you're looking forward to or that you expect to do over the next, you know, coming months and quarters? Definitely. So uh, the last big update was March 2023. That's when the, the festival happened. Um, and so what we're looking for is to scale up uh, the city of Atlanta. And so how we're doing that, we're partnering with um, new restaurants in the area, new businesses in the area. Mm -hmm. And we're having events um, with at apartment complexes that are nearby those businesses. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's Fayetteville, Georgia or you know, or in Midtown, you know, there's always new businesses that are popping up um, and there's always apartment communities in those areas. And we're focusing specifically on apartment communities because we've seen data that shows that in an apartment complex of, let's say, 400 people. Uh, uh, you might know a few neighbors to the left and the right of you, but you're not going to know, know all 400. 400. <laughs> and then one or two that you know, you probably met randomly in the elevator or in the gym. But we, we know that there's plenty of people that have a lot in common in that apartment complex that we're trying to help, uh, you know, close and break that ice. So. All right. So if people are watching today and are excited about what you're building at Go Say Hello, if they run an apartment complex, own apartment complexes, own small businesses, restaurants, and others that would be for retail, you know, they should be getting in touch with you in the, in the show notes. We'll have your information for you yeah. personally and uh, there. What else can uh, what else can our viewers do if they're watching today and they're excited about what you're doing at Go Say Hello? How else can people help you achieve your dreams with this business? Definitely, I will say again, share the word. Um, you know, partner with us. Um, even if you're not in Atlanta, anywhere, we've had folks reach out to us. They they want us to bring Go Say Hello to Seattle. Um, now, if you're in Seattle, you can download Go Say Hello. Um, but to help curate events in those areas like Seattle, and we got some mess messages from New York. We're definitely going to need folks like you uh, to help us uh, get acclimated to the area, uh, meet the business, uh, new businesses that are in the area that, that may want to partner with us. So uh, community also, ambassadors, people that can kind of represent you and, and help to curate these events and put them on in different places. Exactly. Uh, colleges and universities, um, you know, if you're in a sorority or fraternity and you would like uh, to use Go Say Hello to uh, host your, you know, uh, college student or student organization events. Um, it's a perfect platform for that. Uh, if you're a, a venture capitalist and you're, you're interested in investing in us, uh, definitely reach out to us as well. Uh, we definitely Outside of the money, the grant from Algorand, have you raised money or you've just funded it yourself? We, we funded it, our bootstrapped it and then the money from Algorand. So we definitely want to extend our runway um, throughout this, this period. Uh, and so you know, we're looking for also, you know, mentors as, as well, like folks that have, you know, developed, you know, amazing apps or amazing platforms, you know, to be a part of our board of advisors as well. So um, th those are the things that we're looking for. And you just started the Atlanta Blockchain Center's new immutable cohort that we're sponsoring and working yeah. with over at We Studio that kicked off just today before we're recording this today. So that should also put you in front of some great mentors and advisors here in Atlanta. So hopefully those folks will get a chance to watch this and get a little bit more details about, you know, the details about your background, but that should be a fun and exciting program working with the crew over there. Definitely. Our team is very excited about that. And so I was happy to attend that yesterday. And so, yeah, just, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I'm new to the tech, rather new to the tech industry. 
you know, even though I've been in, you know, engineering and designing uh, for the past over 10 years, but um, there's so much to learn. Um, for me, um, I'm very much interested in improving our technology, uh, integrating more features like artificial intelligence uh, as well. So, um, yeah, very exciting times and a lot more to come. Awesome. Well, we're excited to see what you'll be building here at Go Say Hello and excited to be along for the journey. Uh, for all those viewers out there that want to get in touch, we'll have Monty's information in the show notes below. And we will have more amazing founders coming in on our diverse Web3 Builders series. So stay tuned. Monty, thank you very much for the time today and glad we got a chance to help share your story. Thanks, Brian.